0: Welcome to Pathfinder Academy. Class is now in session. Here are your professors, Caleb and Christian. Thank you all for staying. You may be seated. In today's Extra Credit, we'll be covering a couple extra things about player types and conflict. Let's uh, let's go over some of our categories we've come up with ourselves. Uh, one, I think uh, the book actually talks about is an alternate to the one trick pony. This is the guy who, instead of doing the same thing all the time, uh, same like um, mechanic. mechanic, he's playing the same kind of character every time. I, my lump, when his character died, he was a gunslinger. What was the next character he wanted to run? It was a gunslinger so that he could have to learn less rules. He didn't have to learn a whole bunch of new rule set. You know, whatever. You're always, I'm always a ninja. I'm always the guy with sneak attack. I'm always this guy or that guy. On its face, that doesn't seem like it's a problem. How could that be a problem, Christian?
1: There are other players that might want to play that character archetype, and people don't typically like doubling up on a class because it makes you feel less unique. So if you have someone who's always playing gunslinger, someone else might be like, hey, I want to play gunslinger too, though.
0: Right. Right. Definitely.
1: You kind of have to talk to the person, I guess, if you want to solve this and be like, hey, why don't you try something new? You can incentivize them to trying something new by helping them achieve some character idea they have. Like maybe the reason they don't want to do it is because they don't know the other stuff. They're intimidated by learning it. And if you help them with it, maybe they'll be more inclined to do so.
0: Depending on how well you know your player, you might be like, oh my gosh, he would love, he would just love a cleric. Mm-hmm. Or maybe somebody with a similar uh, thing, like uh, you give him the swashbuckler, which we'll be going over soon, guys, in our ACG series. Give him the swashbuckler because he has panache
1: points, which are similar to Grit points and how you use them. Yeah, it's not a big jump from one to the other. Right. The next one is one of the most frustrating ones if you are a player because the DM is part of the problem by far. This is uh, GM's pet or the GM's buddy. This is basically the GM playing a favorite, whether actively, consciously playing favorites or subconsciously playing favorites, and letting someone get away with way more, only paying attention to one person, giving the one person more loot than everyone else.
0: Right. This is a big problem because as you said, the GM is a problem. Most in these other ones, like the player is a problem and you kind of try to figure out how to fix it. Or maybe there's some aspects where the GM is being able like the diva. Maybe I'm spending too much time with one guy. I can fix this. This one is completely the GM's fault and no one else can fix this problem. Nobody can talk to each other players, try to fix it. You are now the person creating this conflict and you need to fix it.
1: It's still technically a player type because if the person, the player is allowing the DM to do this and kind of taking advantage of the favoritism, which it's not really their place to stop it. But if they're taking advantage of it, then it's also the player problem. Right. I don't think I've really run
0: into this myself.
1: Have you? Uh, Twice, actually. Uh, The very first DM I have really liked the one player. At one point, we all got magical items. We all got a reward for something. I don't remember exactly what we did, but we got rewards and people got like a bunch of joke items. Most people got joke items. Items like symbols that if you bang together, you can understand languages, but then you can't hear anyone because you're banging together symbols. Haha, it's so quirky. It's so funny. <laughs> there you go. You get that item. A bunch of useless stuff like that. I then it... really like that, Chris. It's a great idea. But, but, but okay, but hang on. That was in relation to then it gets to the, the GM's pet, and it's like, oh, here's a spear that does 1d6 of any energy type, every energy type, including ones that you just kind of randomly think of. We're talking fire, cold, electricity. We're po- talking Ne- negative energy cold. sonic like they started making stuff up and the dm was like sure yeah no that works too Psyon- talking
0: necromantic we're psionic, psionic energy talking against wood floors man bane of wood floors
1: so whereas we all got jo- literally joke items that were unusable they got the equivalent of a plus 10 probably even higher weapon at like very low levels we were all like right that he ended up one shotting the final boss with.
0: Well, mm. oh, that's that's disappointing. Again, unfun for everyone involved except for just that one guy.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, like I said, there was a second one, but it runs more into the next category we're going to talk about. So let's finish up with the GM's pet. What do you do as another player?
0: As another player, you got it's one of those difficult scenarios you got to talk to your GM and you got to say I am not having any fun and, and and you're not threatening you're just telling reality reality is either this gets fixed or I'm just not going to play because I have other things I'd rather do mm-hmm. than sit here and watch this guy do all the stuff while we just sit back in our week and are weak and
1: if they're good, if the DM and their pet are good enough friends, that might end up being the ultimate only solution. Because even if you bring it up, you'll be like, "Look, I feel like we're not really getting as much attention as this player. Like, I feel like we're not getting the same level of DM attention." And the DM might be like, "I don't really feel that way at all," and they just. They'll never concede to the, your point, and then you might, if you're really not having fun, you might just have to leave. And that, that will drive your point home. And then either they find new people or they'll have to come back and be like, look, okay, yeah. I'll change it.
0: It's tough, tough one. Like we said, it's dangerous because the GM is the problem.
1: Yeah. The next one is the cool out-of-game guy. Cool in my backstory. <laughs> um, This is someone who, they're kind of a lump in-game. It, it's kind of parallel to the lump, but... In their backstory, they're an incredibly powerful, influential being, but then when it comes into the game, they never actually show themselves being a powerful, influential people. They'll just speak up, like, once a session and be like, hang on, wait, I wouldn't let that happen because I'm important. Yeah,
0: I I did this once in a kind of minor way. Uh, I was playing a guy who was an emperor. And so when we got onto a boat, uh, I said, I know how to, I know how to us. I didn't have any sort of proficiencies or anything to skill checks to roll profession and Navy or whatever it is. Um, I just, you know, I said, come on, it's in my backstory. I should be able to know how to do a boat. I had to be learned up, grow up learning things. That's not the way you do things.
1: Right. You can't just say that you can do something because of your backstory. Yeah,
0: definitely if I go back in time, I wouldn't have made that argument.
1: To solve this as a DM, you really have to make sure that people have appropriate backstories for their character. You know, if you're level three, you can't have someone who killed a god in their backstory and has like a plus three weapon and is the heir of some kingdom. That's a bit too much for level three. You have to keep it playing field level for backstory and character mechanics.
0: I forget where I heard this. It may have actually been you. But the best part of your character should be ahead of them, not behind them.
1: Exactly. Yes, that is one of my mottos. When you create a backstory, it's how your character got to where they are. But every session you play, your backstory is being expanded. You know, everything you do, that's something else you're going to add to your backstory. And the best parts of your character should be ahead of them in the adventure. You should be expecting them to be happening. They shouldn't be behind you and everything else is just trying to live up to that.
0: And that's a, even a, a, an advice for the GM as you, you know, are playing the game. Each thing should be more interesting than the last. You should constantly be in, uh, iterating and making a more fun adventure so that when they do look back into what is now their new backstory, it's still not as interesting as what's going to happen next and what they see going forward.
1: This is something that the cool out of game, cool in my backstory, that's something that the DM really has to fix and not, most importantly, not feed into. The other player I had that was a DM's pet was a cool in my backstory. They're actually a super evil, powerful necromancer, but they never summoned a single undead minion and they never did anything akin to being evil and didn't really do anything in game. But once the session was over, everyone left. They would either stick around or they would message the DM on Facebook or something and say, okay, when everyone's gone, when no one's looking, I do this. I do that. All right. I'm going to kill this person. I'm going to talk to this person. I'm going to deceive this person. And then we come back next day and it'd be like, oh, by the way, uh, X player is now the ruler of this kingdom. And we're like, what? Why? Yeah. Uh, but nothing yep. happened. Oh, they talked to me after. Oh, OK. I get it. that's.
0: That's probably bleeding back into the GM's pet sort of thing. Yeah. Not to say that you can't do things at a game. I talked about earlier how I, I'll specifically say if it's something i going to do one-on-one, we'll take care of that. But it's usually not that far-reaching of effect, right? right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and not that you can't sneak around and do things either. We talked about how you can make that happen well. But again, you can do it very wrong like you're saying here. Let's talk about the sexualizer. This is where everything is sexy, and not even in the good way
1: sometimes. Everything's
0: got to be sexual, and it's like, all right, come on. Am I playing with three-year-olds? What's happening here?
1: Every time you have a role-playing moment, this person has to try to make it sexual. They're going to try to seduce them. They're going to do something to try to make it sexual, regardless of gender, creed, color, race, no matter what
0: i had some guy who i'd say was a was he was a light sexualizer (laughs) kind of like diet coke diet sexualizer um he he played a character that was um kind of based off of a movie um uh he played based off a one of tom harding's character was just like this really nasty prisoner kind of guy always had his shirt off on all the time and he kind of played that and it was kind of fun to play him and but he was everything was very sexual with him and so it kind of kind of threw it back at him a little bit uh he was it was kind of like a womanizer a little bit so he was like hitting on this one person and didn't go anywhere so we went up to go to bed well the male cat folk waiter had caught on to all this seeing this guy with the rippling muscles with his shirt off all the time came up and hit on him and i could not tell you how aghast <laughs> my player was at this happening to him it was just so like He was like xenophobic as well as straight. He was like, nope, this is not happening. I'm not going to be with a cat folk and a guy. And it was like very, (laughs) the rest of that session, he kind of backed off (laughs) that session. It was very, an interesting way to handle it.
1: It probably demonstrated to him how he's making other people at the table feel if they go too far with it or they're doing it too much. Right. And some people at the table just might not be comfortable with that kind of content, mm-hmm. which is something you have to put forward into the game. Like that might be something you have to talk about, like how far are we going with things like this?
0: Right. Well, when it comes to sexuality, uh, as I said earlier, any sort of sexual thing, I usually do afterwards mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a, a private message. And we'll cover more about this in our romance episode. We can talk right. about a little more than that. But it's a problem when the guy's doing it too much. Make sure everybody's on the same page. If it's too much, gotta tone it down like some of the other things we, other um, categories we talked about. So I want a couple dangerous combos. You don't want these two types be, the same person to be these two types. One is the lump and the multitasker. The guy who's not doing anything except he's doing everything but play the game, right? <laughs> that's where you have a real problem and you can talk to the guy. Uh, that's going to be a tough one to deal with. That's a literally why are you here? <laughs> right. 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 You could do this at home. The diva and the loner. Not only are they going out by themselves, but they're taking a long
1: time to do it. They're going out by themselves, and they're taking the center of attention, and then when they get back to the group, then they're also taking the center of attention. That's a double whammy.
0: The power gamer and the antagonist. Oh my gosh, my guy who was my antagonist was also a power gamer he was the synthesis summoner that was rough man that was rough rough not,
1: not only do you, you have someone who's antagonizing the group but they don't feel like they can kick their ass right <laughs> if right. they needed to that's when it becomes a problem that's, that's right
0: it. yeah you gotta be able to put them in their place
1: any other dangerous comments you can think of i guess thespian diva would be a bit of a problem definitely definitely what do you mean christian with your big nose. <laughs> <laughs> and your gangly eyes. Gangly?
0: <laughs> yes. How you, can eyes be gangly? You heard me. Look you look. maladroit villain. May your hair fall out at a young age.
1: A, a kind of funny one would be a glass jaw rules lawyer. who had <laughs> Someone with a really weak character, but is trying to tell other people how to play the game. That'd be quite obnoxious.
0: Listen, like you were saying, we all become oh, rules lawyers when we're dying.
1: Th- this happened to me once. Um, the Entrepreneur Flake. Um, so this person wasn't necessarily an entrepreneur, but they were handling the finances of the group. They like had a little sheet that had all the stuff they had looted, and they were going to sell it. And they ended up missing games, and then they didn't know what loot they had access to because they had the sheet stored somewhere else. Gotcha. And that just comes back to don't put a lot of stuff onto a flake.
0: Well, let's go over uh, the last thing I want to talk about is uh, how to kick out a player if you must. I've had to do this twice so far in my career as a GM, and I want to talk about it because it's a difficult thing that uh, maybe you can learn from our examples uh, how to do it correctly. Uh, One I talked about earlier, my flake, and that shows a good rule of talking to everyone first and then talking to the person. Uh, so let me give an example that I haven't given yet. Uh, Josh on Trailblazers was a player that I had to kick out. Um, he was being an antagonist and, and making things unfun. And after uh i talked to him i did that thing where i talked to him at a game my players without me saying anything uh them just of their own volition talked to him in game about you know hey, hey come on just do this thing or whatever or even in game their character should be like reacting to it negatively and still he wasn't changing so uh i talked to my players individually uh, i'm sorry uh together without josh and uh and it was like a secret me behind his back and all stuff he just not especially when he wasn't there and i asked uh my players how do they feel about it what's happened um uh, is this also a problem for you? It's it's upsetting me. And insulting to me. How about you guys feel about it? And they all agreed, but just like my other group, they didn't want to be the ones responsible for kicking him out. Like you don't want to be the guy, that guy. So when I asked them, "Do we should kick him out?" Like they would say everything but the word yes. (laughs) And in the end, like, well, that killed. As a GM, this is your decision. Oh, funny how when it's a bad decision, all of a sudden everybody's okay with me having the authority. Other things, oh, let's have a group vote. Okay, I see how this is. Regardless, I think you might find that with a lot of people, they don't want to be the person that says yes, kick him out. Get hear what they're saying, listen to their words and uh, make sure they are okay with it. so if i do ask him to leave is everyone okay with that they, would, they might say yes to that as long as they're on that page then i talked to josh and i think the conversation went some it was a it was a fine conversation um i said josh how would you react if i said to you i think that maybe this group and this game isn't the game for you and he's like oh that's interesting and then we just talked about it. it was a friendly conversation and in the end he goes okay i understand and i said there's absolutely groups out there for you there are people who thrive on that. Like we're talking about a bunch of antagonists get together. Mm-hmm. There are groups that thrive on that, but that's not who I am. It's not, I'm a different kind of GM. I'm running a serious campaign, and this isn't the kind of players we have. And he was cool with it, and we left on good terms. And that, that That's the good way to handle it. I haven't had one that's gone sour. Those are the only two times I've ever really had to kick somebody out. What about you, Christian? What's your experience of having to, unfortunately, kick somebody out of the game?
1: I had to do it once, and this was when I was DMing at college. There was one player that was... Part of the group, part of Gaming Club, and they were just a huge problem player. Basically, every one of these types we came up with, they somehow had strong negative qualities of each and every single one. And not to mention, they were an unpleasant person. They would yell. They would... They even threw dice on one occasion. I immediately said to they threw the dice, if you ever do that again, you are never coming Back to that's my table. Unacceptable. that table, yeah, it's completely unacceptable. Perfect
0: reaction, Christian like, Very, that's exactly,
1: and it was my dice too. I was like, No, you don't throw dice, first of all, you don't throw my dice either. Yeah, so I had to talk to the person, and I was like, Look, like I tried to resolve it in a lot of ways. I was like, Look, maybe you can tone it down a bit, maybe you can do this. I tried all these solutions. They said, Then, like, they were a nice person at heart, usually. They'd be like, Yeah, no, I understand. I, I do want to try and fix that. Okay, yeah, I'll do this next time, but then, then they come the next game, they do the exact same thing, except maybe even worse. They'd complain to other players. They'd complain to me about stuff that was completely just. And it just got to the point where I talked to everyone. I didn't really have to ask them how they felt about this person. But I had to talk to each person and be like, how would you feel if I asked this person to leave? Mm-hmm. How did? You... And everyone was like, no, yeah, that would make my life a lot better, honestly. Right. And again, this wasn't someone that we necessarily chose to associate with. This was part of gaming club and it was kind of someone assigned to our table. Right. So we didn't have like the whole friendship clinginess, don't really feel... Don't want to be, like, vilified by this person. Right. And we had the lucky streak that they happened to be leaving next semester. So in the middle of the campaign, I had to be like, look, I'm really sorry, but I just... This, I don't feel like this isn't the campaign for you. We're not... You're not really getting all the other players. And there's a game out there for you somewhere, but this isn't it.
0: How do you react to that?
1: Um I mean, they were okay. I didn't really see them much after that. Okay.
0: It's tough. It's, it's the thing you least want to do, but sometimes... You have to, for the sake of the group, for the sake of all of us having fun. Like we said, respecting each other's times and respecting each other. Like, that person was not respecting the humanity of each person. Throwing
1: dice at somebody? Exactly.
0: You know, that's pretty rough.
1: And honestly, like, I regret not doing it sooner because the times that they were at the table are the times we point out as some of the worst moments of our Pathfinder careers. We'll Mm -hmm. be like, well, at least it wasn't as bad as this person. Right.
0: But you were still, like... I'd rather be over fair than under fair. You gave him a lot of chances. You can just kick him off first chance. That was it. Boom, you're out. You gave him a lot of chances to handle it correctly, talking to him, and then he didn't show progress, didn't show change. And we all change. I mean, change is freaking hard and slow. Yeah. I've had problems that I've had, boy, since I was married, i am been like, boy, Caleb, you suck at this. Why don't you start being a better <laughs> husband and do this, right? And it's just a slow, difficult pro- process, but at least I show that I'm trying and I show some progress. That person wasn't showing any progress. It was even getting worse. He wasn't putting forth any sort of effort to really change himself. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, this is one of the uh, more difficult things to deal with, uh, a conflict that arises. And you're going to have to deal with it because there's just people. You're dealing with people. But hopefully with this categories here, you can use it to kind of help discern yourself, kind of fix yourself, know how to uh, help your your players uh, correct if there's a problem so that everyone is having fun and we're all respecting each other as human beings and as people who are giving up their time to be with each other and play a game. Thanks, everyone, for staying for X. Your credit class is dismissed pathfinder academy is part of the trailblazer network visit our site for other great pathfinder podcasts i've been nicholas Labord. thanks for listening